Welcome to the American Dream in the Eyes of Immigrants podcast. I am your host, Heidi De La Cruz, and I am on the mission to change the narrative of immigration, one immigrant story at a time. Awesome. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on the American Dream in the Eyes of Immigrants podcast to share your journey of your immigration journey of coming from the Dominican Republic. And if you would just introduce yourself to the audience, and then we can get started with talking about your childhood in DR. Yes, of course. Happy to be here. Um, my name is Laura Fortuna. I left the Dominican Republic to the, towards the U.S. when I was 18, right after high school. Um, but, but my immigrant story started when I was three years old. Um, oh, okay. I, I first migrated to Switzerland because my my mom you know was my mom was went there she was working there and then we went back to the Dominican Republic and I then went to the to the U.S. at 18 also my mom <laughs> kind of made that happen for me and my yeah. brother so that's kind of where my American immigration um, journey started. Um, you know, I got the, you know, very excited green card and we said, let's go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go. My mom made it happen. So let's make this, you know, dream happen. Um, yeah. So we initially, we moved to the U.S. Virgin Islands. That's where my mom has oh. been living for the more than 20 years and okay I lived there for four years and then I decided to do my version of migration by moving to Massachusetts wow <laughs> and, okay uh, yeah so in Massachusetts in in the Virgin Islands I was you know got my foot on you know one version of a um, American culture which is you know the U.S. Virgin Islands was uh, purchased by the U.S. and yeah. that's a, diff a completely different experience, but it's a U.S. territory. Um, so then uh, I started school there, meaning university, and I did two years there. And then I decided to continue my education journey, and that brought me to Massachusetts. Okay. okay, so that's that's how it started. <laughs> okay, so I want to go back to Switzerland. Hold yes. on. Okay, how long were you in Switzerland for? I know you said you were three, and then you guys ended up on going back. But how long did you guys live in Switzerland? I lived for five years. Five so from years. Okay. three to until I was eight. Okay. And then uh, I was in the Dominican Republic for like six to ten years more. And then yeah. we, and then my brother and I left to St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. St. Thomas. How long were you in St. Thomas? Four years. Four years. How, how was that? Like, I know it's a U.S. territory, like you said, but like, it's, it's different. So can you tell us a little bit about that experience there? Well, before I knew that at some point I was going to uh, leave the Dominican Republic. So I took it upon myself to study English, right? Okay. <laughs> when I arrived, <laughs> when I arrived in St. Thomas, I couldn't understand like nothing <laughs> because 
the English accent is more like a Jamaican accent. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it, so that was the first culture shock. Like, oh my God, I told my mom, like, I understand that I, like, I know English. I know I know English. <laughs> yeah. This is a different type of English. So it was Man. very, very shocking. Um, I was also shocked by like how small the islands are. And it was kind of a disappointing experience at the beginning because you know, when you think about the U.S. and everything, you're thinking big cities or um, mm. even though my mom kind of prepared us, but still it was a shock. Um, yeah. You know, it's the at least St. Thomas is a very like is an island with mountains and and everything you can you can turn you can drive around the the island like in an hour. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, no, yeah. you can like go around in a loop in an hour, and uh, so the language was a big shock. The like how small it was, um, but then you know you get used to it, and then I realized I I started to you know get to know the local people, also the Dominicans that had migrated to the island. And so there's Dominicans there. Oh, yeah. There's a big Dominican yeah. population. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because when I tell people that I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan, they be like, Dominicans in Grand Rapids, Michigan? And I'm oh, like, there's a Dominicans, big population. Dominicans go everywhere. It doesn't yeah. matter. How, you will find a Dominican, <laughs> like, in the end of the world, there's always going to be a Dominican. I don't know. <laughs> that, is, that is so true. Yes. Yeah, but there is a big uh, community there. Um, yeah. But I, the, one of the things that I quickly realized was that if I wanted to, you know, like, uh, not do what I was seeing in my Dominican community uh, and wanted to, like, grow and actually make this whole immigration um, effort worth it, that I had to like expand my horizon. So mm -hmm. I started like, I started um, trying to make friends with a people that didn't look like me. So that meant like any anybody that was not Dominican. Yeah. Um, and also by, you know, registering at the University of the Virgin Islands, that by itself creates also a different experience because then you, you know, you're educating yourself and you're meeting different people. Um, it wasn't necessarily easier because I still had to, you know, now yeah. try to perform at a university level with my English and all of that. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was, that's kind of what, what my goals were when arriving there. I knew that education was the path to go. So I said, you know, I'm going to put my blinders on and I'm going to try to pursue this and see where it takes me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's brave, very brave of you. And, and you're actually the second guest to tell me that they intentionally seeked out different people to really get acclimated to where they were at. Because I know like when, you know, people migrate, they try to find, you know, 
their community, right? So Dominicans will try to find Dominicans to kind of have that home away from home. But you're the second person to tell me they were like, no, like the, the other guests had told me like, I wanted to really learn English. And the only way that I could do that is by forcing myself to be with people who didn't speak my language to, you know? Yeah. So I was like, man, like that is very, very brave of you guys to be completely honest. Well, it's, I, I definitely used to like hang out with my people and yeah, I always joke around that I had my phase of like being, a, you know, my clubbing phase and all of that uh, and mixed in between. But at some point, I don't know, there was something in me that I, that I just, what I was seeing the patterns of behavior that I was seeing uh, within the community kind of made me think like, okay, am I going to really go this route? Mm. Or there were times where I found myself like sucked into, you know, behaviors that were probably not as, um, that were not, that were not going to help me to really, you know, make it worth it. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I had to basically stop myself in the tracks and, and it was not that, oh, I, I had like, yes, I maybe part of my naiveness because <laughs> I was very young and yeah. I was raised by my grandmother in a very um, kind of tight way where I, I was not allowed to go out and all of that. So when I arrived in St. Thomas, yeah. I, my mom kind of let me spread my wings because I, I, I was 18 already. Yeah. Um, but you know, I didn't have everything figured out and I didn't know everything. I didn't know what I wanted. So, um, you know, just, okay, you, I let myself like get really into the, being part of the Dominican community in the island, but also at some point, like I just had to make a decision and like recenter, like, is this where I want to go? (laughs) <laughs> okay and so when you moved to Massachusetts you you didn't move with your mom right it was no, by yourself no, I uh so <laughs> the last year like on my fourth year in St. Thomas okay I I met who my my husband is now so he oh. he basically uh, actually like opened my eyes to different possibilities so he got a job at in St. Thomas, in well, he was working in St. Thomas, but he got a job at a university in Massachusetts. And you know, I, at that point, I was—I never had really considered seriously leaving the island. Um, and you know, I just went to Massachusetts on a on a trip, like it was a, um, during Christmas time. And while there, I said, you know. This doesn't sound like a bad idea. <laughs> in so, the snow? In the snow. I was so excited. It was like, no way. It was, <laughs> we, let me tell you, we arrived in the middle of a snowstorm. The whole place was white. And I oh didn't have a proper God. jacket. But anyway, I said, you know. Um, <laughs> this looks like an adventure. <laughs> yes, this looks like an adventure. And. You know, my semester ended, my next, the next semester starts in January. You know, it was just like, I had a moment where, a, like, I just made the decision <laughs> that I was going to wow. move, that I was yeah. going to move and I was going to try it out. 
but but at that point my mind was really set on continuing my education so okay. that was kind of a you know my boyfriend at the my boyfriend was definitely yeah. the motivation <laughs> but my personal goal was to to you know continue my journey and you know my mom was not necessarily that happy but she said you know if it doesn't work out you know where to go you can <laughs> come back be, home <laughs> yeah you can I'm, I'm gonna be here and that that was oh. kind of the what I needed to definitely feel much better about my decision but yeah yeah I left my mom and she you know she's still there um okay. and uh, yeah so once I arrived in Massachusetts that's where my part two of the immigration journey started okay so you're in Massachusetts <laughs> you're going to continue your education what was your did you have any cultural shocks in Massachusetts because you know oh, that's yeah. a whole oh. different world yeah, yeah okay first you know I was I put myself into this education bubble because we even when I when we when I moved there with my boyfriend at the time he was working and living on campus because that was part of the contract mm. the employment contract that he had okay um so you know I was there with all these different people you know a lot of a uh, mostly white American <laughs> okay. uh, and you know I just for me there we was not much at the beginning it was not so much uh, of a shock because I was in this education bubble where everybody that I met was in the same journey that I was we were trying to study there were you know some Hispanics uh, Latinos mixed in between so we are not that many but I, I got to a meet few. a few yeah. um but at that point I was you know focused and concentrated and soaking it all like learning from all the people that were there didn't matter the nationality I was just committed yeah. to the experience yeah. now the shock happened after I graduated and they had to basically move like get out of my university bubble and go into the real world where you uh you know okay. you live in a with the community in a neighborhood where you have to talk to your neighbors uh that's where the real shock happened um but while I was at the university, I loved it. Like, I was very happy. <laughs> yeah. So, so you lived on campus too, right? I and lived so on you campus, your, yes, because yeah. Um, yeah. because there there was like an apartment on inside, like in one of the. You see, like some campus have a dorms, but yeah. Also, some of the build those buildings have actual a like apartments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like full apartments and so my boyfriend um lived in one of that one of those okay we lived, we lived there in um, an apartment gotcha yes um then I you know I graduated from that university then went on to a different to, to get a master um uh, but still it I wasn't shocked at that point yet <laughs> it was more like after I work got my first job you know in my field and all of that fun stuff started <laughs> okay what did you study i studied accounting 
Okay. And uh, my master was in taxation. So a master of science in taxation, everything related to taxes, okay. corporate taxes, individual taxes, <laughs> state taxes. And <laughs> this is, because you're a coach, so you're a um, money coach, which we'll talk about yes. in a little bit. So, yes. okay, perfect. So gotcha. Okay. Um, let's talk about, okay. So when you, cause I know you moved with your boyfriend to Massachusetts and you were in the university and anything, but did you have any non-immigrants like help you in any capacity to like get acquaintance with anything or anything like that? Well, um, my experience was, and it always has been that since I was doing things so different from let's say what my family like what my mom's experience had been like mm -hmm. I every help that I received was definitely from people that they didn't, <laughs> they didn't know mm, that were not yeah. were, they were not related to me or were not friends or family um so definitely I I it was part of what I I quickly understood that you know first you have to get uh, you know surround yourself from people that will expose you to a different reality and also mm -hmm. you need to kind of be open to ask for help and just ask questions oh, yeah yeah right? and ask True, questions yes. so uh, absolutely i everybody <laughs> I, I had no idea i i knew nothing other than what my um my boyfriend, who is German, by the way, he, has, he was not Dominican either. Oh, uh, oh okay. <laughs> so he, I knew what he, what he could help me with and yeah. whatever I could, you know, get from anybody else that was not related to me. Um, gotcha. Okay. I did have positive experiences because, you know, sometimes, at least in my experience, um, People were, you know, obviously you don't, once you get to know a lot of people, you don't, there are people that probably don't have the best, they're not the most helpful, but I did get to meet people that were willing to, um, you know, kind of invest in you. Yeah. Usually my professors, <laughs> my professors okay, were, okay. The, were the ones that I would always be asking questions or my classmates. Um then later on at work uh but that's that's where my sources of information and guidance were and okay. and obviously with a mindset of not feeling ashamed of not knowing something being open to you know feedback even on your when you're when you don't say things in English properly like yes oh my gosh yes <laughs> like it's fine and you know people will it's okay if someone corrects you you just like you know take yeah. it you take it you accept <laughs> it and then you you you, you, just you learn <laughs> and you move on yep exactly so uh, how long from when you moved to Massachusetts, how long, how many years did went by before you were able to visit DR again? Um, well, while I lived in St. Thomas, I visited the Dominican Republic a few times. But a few times. My, because my, I was 
since my mom herself was an immigrant, like we were raised by my grandmother, I still had, you know, my tie to the Dominican Republic has always been my high school friends and my my grandmother and extended family. So I I always made it a point to to go back. Um, yeah. In Massachusetts, where I started, you know, getting more involved in things, <laughs> and yeah, and school was just more intense. Um, I think it went. It took me like two or three years to okay. to go anywhere. I was just stationary in the yeah. Massachusetts, <laughs> trying yeah, to figure yeah. it out. Um, but yeah, it took like two to three years. And how was that experience going back after three years? Oh, you know, you sh once once you you know you start doing things differently for yourself away from like your family like from everyone in your family and you kind of visit back you start noticing things yes you do can <laughs> <laughs> be kind of a shock right because you get yeah. used to you know i call it the american order i where you know in society there are orders there there are norms yeah. And you yeah. kind of get used to that. But then when you go back to your country or uh, where you come from, um, you, you start noticing the chaos, the like how dysfunctional <laughs> everything is. <laughs> start wondering like, what the, how did I survive here? Yeah, um, how do people still live here? <laughs> no, like, how did I really survive here? And how is it possible that I didn't notice how dysfunctional this was when I lived here. Yeah. Um, so that that's definitely I remember very well noticing those little things, and and also you know there are things that you definitely appreciate of how you were raised. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so there there's this my experience. There has been two sides of a every time you reinsert yourself in your yeah. country or over birth. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that's why it's, uh, people should make it a point to travel outside of the U.S. Yes. to go see other countries, just mm. to see the difference of like how society is, the different norms yes. and, and things like that, because it's, uh, yeah, like, you know, different countries are, are, is very, very different. You can learn a lot too. And even within the U.S., I mean, I was, too. I, yeah. was, I was in the Northeast, but I traveled to like the North, the Northwest and it's a, it's like a different vibe mm -hmm. as I call it. Yes. So even if you can, let's say travel internationally, which I have done and I love it. Um, if, if you can start like in the U.S. In the U.S., yeah. <laughs> you will learn a lot. <laughs> That, that is true. Uh, that your experience will be different depending on where you live. Um, and because every every region of the US has their their, mm -hmm. you know, little way little ways of doing things. <laughs> that is very, very true. So did you work at did you ever work as an accountant or did you work in corporate yeah. America? Yeah, you did for how long? So when I was in school, my first uh, real experience 
Um, I did an internship with an accounting firm. Uh, then I did another one. And eventually I went to work for a multinational accounting firm. Um, and let's say if you add up all those experiences, I would say between three to five years. But I quickly realized <laughs> Mm. that that was not going to work out for me <laughs> <laughs> okay I you know after doing my master you know I I, yeah. I was I'm telling you I got so focused on mm -hmm. you know doing this making this American dream thing that I had to live and I want I, I that was kind of my goal like I had I had to go all the way so I, I did the master I got my CPA license I went to work like the best accounting jobs um, in my field. And, and then I was just shocked how my personality clashed with the demands of that job mm -hmm. and, and how, you know, how demanding it was, how, how many sacrifices you had to do to make. Yeah um that were they just at some point it just made me sick like physically mm. where I had to again sit down <laughs> and and say really is this really I like I, ha I have been I did everything that as I was allegedly supposed to do everything you that know? you're supposed to do you have yeah. to do yeah. you know which is the American dream. You go to school, you get a job, and then you get the house, you do this, you do that. And it was not working. It was yeah. just not working for me and like my health and my happiness. And at some point, you know, I had to make a decision and, and I basically, that's how the work that I'm doing now was born out of kind of necessity because I had to okay. pivot into something else, but okay. also based on what my experience was getting an education, getting into a, you know, college debt, a, paying it off. Yeah. <laughs> building credit. Yeah. As an immigrant. Uh, that's kind of how, it, 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 that's what inspired me. But my American dream <laughs> became a nightmare and I had to sit oh. down <laughs> and kind of rewrite my version of the American dream. Oh, your version. So let's talk about that. What is your version of the American dream? <laughs> uh, well, my American dream has changed so much that I am right now back in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> that's, how much, that's how much my American dream has like shifted right wow okay yeah <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about that <laughs> in, a, in a in a like in a nutshell for me my american dream is having the ability to live where i want while um just living according to my values and what i want mm. Mm -hmm. um that is independent of location that is independent of um 
and obviously it all is able all of that is is possible because of the steps that I took to to be able to let's say now <laughs> be able to make make a living let's say with a American education with um, like U.S. clients and not necessarily living in the U.S. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's a that's kind of um, what my version of the American dream is now. And and I'm in the Dominican Republic because um, the pandemic kind of made that kind of opened my eyes okay. to that possibility. Uh, and at the time when the pandemic started, I had just started a new job in finance arm of one of the Boston universities, like one of the big universities in Boston. And because every you know everything was remote, they allowed me to kind of work from anywhere. And uh, that's kind of where this whole idea of like, okay, I'm here in the, in Boston, there's winter, and let's try, <laughs> let's, let's go back to the Dominican Republic. Obviously my husband supported that. He was the one with the idea. <laughs> I, okay. not, like, I, I was not thinking about that at that point. Um, and we came to the Dominican Republic we're here for seven months then we went back and at that point we said you know this is not working anymore <laughs> like yeah. being friends like in person at least here in the northeast is not working and we started thinking about how we can make a permanent move to the Dominican Republic okay and and we, we did that we did the permanent move in 20, last year 2022. 2022. So when did you launch your business? So my business first started as just a, a, a hobby where I was sharing what I was learning and what I, like my experience uh, with just managing my personal finances. Okay. And, and I did that with an Instagram account, right? Okay. <laughs> and as I was um, and then I got up, I was in that moment, I was learning to get rid of debt yeah. because I had, I graduated with $75,000 of student debt. Okay. Uh, that just my master was 50,000. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and then I said, you know, I have to figure this out because it's not possible that all that this money from my paycheck is going towards paying this brother's student loan. Yeah. Um, and I was just very disappointed, very upset about the whole thing. Um, so that led me into, you know, finding these gurus that are, you know, American uh, uh, experts in personal finance. And I said, wow, I wish... I would have known all of this before I got into this whole student debt situation. <laughs> and, yeah. and then I, I got, you know, I soaked so much of the information that I said, my, I have to somehow share this information. Um, yeah. and, and, and so that's how it started. And as I got, um, I was going through my own personal like 
crisis, identity crisis with my own career choices. Yeah. I then said, you know, um, personal finance is pretty much like applying what I learned doing a, you know, corporate finances, but for people, it's the same thing. Like you still, as a person, you need to manage your income and your expenses and and the credit for the company and all of these things. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, wow, then it looks like there is somehow a, oh, like there is something in common. So then slowly I started just getting more serious about it. And, and I started that in like in 2019. Okay. Yeah. And only last year is when I really got serious about it. Mm, okay. Uh, so, you know, even if you have an interest in something, it can take you years to either explore, figuring out how you want to do it, uh, take it as a, as a hobby at the beginning, but it, it has been a journey. I've <laughs> taken yeah. a few years yeah. to, to, to like, be now where I really know where I want to go. Okay. So that's how you shaped your own American dream. And now yes. you are, yes, where you are now. Okay. Yes. Uh, that was part of reshaping my American dream. Yeah. That it, you don't necessarily have to be, um, you know, that there are different, you have options. That yeah. It's not, that it's not only one path. Yeah. Or, or that, if something doesn't work out that you are completely destroyed and now like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, Oh my yeah. God, <laughs> this is not working. I'm going back yeah. to where I'm coming from. No, like there are options. And that if you, again, <laughs> open yourself to a, to talking to people and to um, maybe go to therapy, I had to do a lot of therapy. <laughs> you okay. Know? Yeah, to figure to figure that out, uh, that definitely has impacted my like my mindset and how I kind of take like be grateful for the, all the experiences that I have had and yeah the things that didn't go so well and and basically yeah. just you know pick up my pieces and reshape it into something else. Yeah, that, and that's it is possible. And that's the beauty of, you know, the United States that there is different American, there's different dreams, American dreams for different people. And it doesn't look the same for everybody and you can make your own. So it's like, oh, let me try this. This isn't working out. I realized I don't like this. Let me try something else. And there's just so many possibilities and, and things that you can do. Um, you don't have to stay stuck in a place or, any that you're unhappy you don't have to stay there you can like I love how you said that you you reshaped it and made it yours you made it your own but one of the for that to happen there has to be some level of humility and oh yeah accept like it's not that you're gonna gonna wake up today and you're gonna say you know what today's the day I'm gonna change my life doesn't take that doesn't work that way (laughs) yeah it's gonna take a few weeks maybe months and even years but to have the like 
to be honest with yourself and say this is not working mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know where, where what am i supposed to be doing i don't know how to change my situation but to just the first step is to accept and and realizing that this is not yeah working. yeah and sometimes that means if you migrate let's say and you're surrounded by your whole family uh let's say your parents sometimes it takes setting some boundaries because sometimes uh, your mm -hmm. your hour then depending on where you're coming from at least for me and the latino culture is very family oriented like you know mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta stick to the family first um, yep. sometimes it takes Uh, you have to unfortunately disappoint a few people and say yep. this is not working for me. <laughs> yeah, this is just not working. And uh, yeah, and, you know, having that level of humility and be able to communicate and and just communicate the things are not. And and sometimes again, you, you're gonna lose a few friends. And yeah, you might lose some family members, but. Uh, I'd rather be surrounded by people that are willing to um, kind of roll with me with my different changes than to be unhappy just to to kind of stick to uh, family traditions and ideals that are that were set there for me yeah. that, that yeah. you didn't choose, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? That you were just sucked into them. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's a it's 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 a big personal growth thing. Yeah. That just manifests sometime in the future into something that you can see visually, but but it's a it's a lot of internal work, I think. For sure. So tell us. So who are the type the the type of clients that you help? I help specifically mm -hmm. latina immigrants so people okay. like me mm -hmm. that um arrived in the u.s that had to uh, learn the language everything right and i are now just trying to figure out how they're gonna make their dream come true and that's mm -hmm. uh, basically teaching uh, Latino immigrants in the U.S. Everything from how we how to build credit, um, budgeting, uh, saving, paying off debt, um, learning about investing for the retirement. Very important. Yes. Retirement. Yes. <laughs> investing in general, um, because you can you can walk your walk your way up to wealth by saving you have to invest and <laughs> um, yep. and so that those are the people that i that i worked with so all right even though i, I do speak english most of my clients are spanish speaking okay uh, yeah women yeah. um yeah. but yeah these are my clients which i call comadritas oh <laughs> that's nice and i'm gonna put you on the spot here what is one financial advice then would you give to someone who's just moving to the united states well the financial number one financial advice that is probably not financial but it will touch your finances 
is you definitely need to understand and master English because it's not just like a, mm. it's just not not a nice thing to have. It's a necessity. Like your experience will change dramatically socially, professionally, and financially once you know the language. You know how to read the the language. Yeah, and because it's it's you know the amount of jobs that people pass on because because they don't speak english well yeah yeah um and and just that would be my number one financial advice that is not non-financial and the <laughs> second will be to immediately uh, try to understand the financial system that means mm-hmm. many many times we come from countries where the financial system is very like old uh we only know about saving our money or keeping our money under the mattress <laughs> but we don't know, we don't know about you know investing we don't know about um social security the importance of paying taxes try not to shortcut and get jobs where you don't pay taxes that is not only illegal but it's only it's only it's for your disadvantage because many um things in the financial system are tied to your income tax return so in income and when you know doesn't matter what job you do if you are if you work in a hair salon if you're an independent contractor please make an effort <laughs> to keep your things in order Yes. <laughs> and pay your taxes and do your income tax return. <laughs> Because it you really, heard it here it, now. <laughs> it really benefits you. It's I know, yeah. but I know it's not fun, but taxes is a reality that uh, and it's a responsibility. Like you you are you you have to pay tax. Like you okay. have to not only You know, pay, paying taxes is something that is necessary to for the economy and the society to function. Um, but it has a lot of, um, you know, financial consequences. Um, yeah. So please, don't avoid taxes. Do your don't tax returns. <laughs> yes. Learn English. <laughs> Understand, uh, you know, different financial. Pro- If there's one thing. If there's one thing that I wish I would have done from the moment I got my first job uh, in the U.S. was to open an individual retirement account, mm. an IRA. I would have had so much money. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> because, mm. uh, you know, it's something that once you open an IRA, which is an account where you can save for your retirement and invest, invest the funds, um it, it it's not tied to a job in particular so mm. uh, if you if you have a job you first have to have a have earn yeah. income to be able to have an ira but basically any job that you have um also to enroll in your jobs retirement plan you know the amount of jobs that i had that i didn't sign up for that oh <laughs> because, man because yeah 
because you know I wanted to keep my money I wanted to keep my money and that's the mentality that I had and but I didn't know that they, sometimes many times there are employer contributions that yes basically means free money <laughs> for yeah. you yeah um that's another thing but that's like three things already <laughs> so <laughs> you asked me for one but this is all good things, those are things <laughs> that are a must you know uh, and it doesn't matter if you can contribute ten dollars a month twenty dollars a month just open an ira learn about what a, what an ira is and start contributing to that and start investing your money and next thing you know you have the freedom to you know um, once you get to your older age you will thank your younger self for that yeah yeah <laughs> all right laura so to wrap this up how can people connect with you if they want to learn more about finances or if they want to hire you as um, the money coach like how can people get in contact with you yes so on social media, you can find me mostly on Instagram as The Fortune Coach. Um, I provide personal finance, um, like coaching calls. And right now I have like a full on coaching program where we work, you know, hand to one to one and, you know, with accountability on all the steps that people have to take to um to improve their finances and that that will be different for everyone because okay. everyone has a different situation um but yes you can find me at the fortune coach on instagram and on tiktok and yeah that's where i am all right i will definitely include that your link and the description and the show notes and I just want to say thank you so much for your time, for sharing your amazing journey and for sharing how you created your own American dream. And yeah, just thank you so much for this. This was so um, insightful and I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> Always happy to talk about personal finance and just how you can like make your dreams come true if you just amen yes yeah. love that mm -hmm.